Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off. We started up and we ain't gonna stop us. I like you, like you not. That's when it got wheels off. Erica Winterstrom is a child of Ohio. She grew up in Dayton and moved to Cincinnati, where she formed her band Heartless Bastards. And in a lot of ways, Heartless Bastards, you know, is Erica. I mean, it's she works with great folks, but it's a lineup that's turned over a couple of times with Erica as the one constant member. She's a powerhouse. She's a tour de force. I don't just mean her voice, although those words describe her literal singing voice, but just as a writer, as a presence, as a recording artist, as someone who just keeps making great records. And it's been so fun to watch her come up through this industry and watch her grow as a songwriter and as a singer. And she and I recorded back in 2013, we recorded a duet of John Prine's in spite of ourselves. And uh, that was really the first time I'd gotten to hang out with her. Since then, we've toured together some our bands. Heartless Bastards released a song that we will put a link to in these show notes last year called Revolution that is incredible. Man, maybe before you even listen to the interview, go check out this song. It's a long, just, it's an epic. And it's it's hard to pull off an epic. And, and Erica does it seemingly effortlessly in the case of that song. So I'm I'm so glad that we got to speak. She was in a, she'll describe it for you, but she's actually, I then will subsequently describe it for you as well. She was in a cabin in Oregon uh, when we spoke via Zoom, of course, and um, her dog Piper pipes up during the conversation. You'll hear a lot of Piper um, Ziggy was here in the room with me, but he slept like a baby, of course. But it's great. I really love Erica Winterstrom, and I'm so glad to have her as a guest on this episode of Wheels Off. Welcome to Wheels Off, Erica Winterstrom. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. It's good to see you. <laughs> yeah, it is great to see you, and it's been a while, but man, I have been so loving the music you've been making during the pandemic. It's so great. Congratulations on all the songs. Thank you. Um, for the edification of our listeners, from where are you joining us? I am on Mount Hood, Oregon. Uh, I guess it's called Government Camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that close to Sisters? Um, it's like um right near the hotel they use the exterior for the shining um it's like i guess it's an hour up the mountain from portland and maybe it's a couple hours north of sisters yeah yeah 
funny. I see people with stickers on their cars that say, I, this car climbed Mount Hood. Is that uh-huh. right? That's nice. So it's, it's a pretty, you're up there. Yeah. I'm not really sure the elevation. Um, yeah. It's, I don't think, uh, like if we were doing a show here, I don't think we need like an oxygen tank, like Aspen or something, but, <laughs> but there's some, yeah, there's some elevation. <laughs> um, so you're getting ready to drop the new Heartless Bastards record, um, Beautiful Life, right? Yeah, A Beautiful Life. Mm-hmm. A, a Beautiful Life. Sorry, because I had a song called Beautiful Life that I changed the title of to the, now it's called <laughs> The Beginning. Um, because you guys are, you have the song, the record, the tour, A Beautiful Life is, that's that's yours. You own that. Uh, but that's fantastic so you're getting ready for the release of that um but i love that you are right now up on top of a mountain and it sounds like you're writing songs so i wonder what creative project are you working on right now and how does it light you up um well i'm i mean i'm just sort of getting started on a future album um but uh you know the process is always sometimes it's really slow and sometimes one just pops out and I'm sort of in the like I have a ton of ideas but like I'm I'm I mean honestly I'm kind of a little slow to get anywhere so far but you know I, I think um I'm just learning more and more to be patient with myself and trust that it's going to y- you know it's going to happen so <laughs> it's funny I guess after all the years of seeing it come together right like now do you finally sort of trust that you're you know, that these songs that seem like the, the, I'll, I can never finish it, it, they'll eventually get finished and a record will come together. Do you trust the process now more? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's funny on this upcoming record, I had, uh, you know, different ideas. Some of them, one of them was like 20 years old. And I was like, oh, I finally found the right spot for that. You know, I, I use snippets of things that were, yeah, 10 to 20 years old on, on several songs. So, um, you know, sometimes I just feel like it's just not coming together the way I want it to, but I'm like, I really believe in this idea or this section. So I just need to be patient with it and it'll kind of let me know when it's ready, you know? So (laughs) it's funny. I, I get asked a lot about like, when you write a song for the 97s or solo or whatever, and and I'm always like, I just, I have no idea. So I wonder for you, how intentional was it making this a band album versus an Erica album? Like, did you, like, what what went into that? You know, honestly, um, I mean, I've had the same team for, I guess it was about 10 years. Um, that was the, the second iteration of the band. And, um, but when we took a hiatus, I got really inspired and I wrote, um, sweet unknown and i put it under my name uh but jesse was concentrating on his solo stuff and dave got a a, another gig with cody jinx for a while and um and just the way sort of life has sort of fallen into place i had the songs for this album but it's actually um I well, jesse played on the record but it's it's going to be a different lineup and i had different folks um in the studio and the live team's a little bit different so it's um you know i just um 
I, I just want to reach as many people as I can. And just the stars weren't aligning for us all to play again. And um, yeah, I think we're all just kind of on different paths. And I just want to, you know, it is sort of my my project I've been doing for almost 20 years now. And I'm just going to kind of, yeah, use well, it's, it. It's, <laughs> use the name. Exactly, right? It's funny. We, um, we spend so much time like rejecting job jobs and that kind of corporate thing. And yet here we are having to like concentrate on a brand and think about marketing and all that stuff. And I mean, I, I totally understand why you've put so much into the name and yeah, you want to reach people and it's, you've made so much great music under that name. So I'm super excited. (laughs) <laughs> I love tell me just I, I know that you're gonna have to answer I'm sorry I'm asking you now all the questions that you're gonna have to answer in the in the press for this record like uh, about the lineup and about but I do want to ask about the album cover because it's so freaking cool can you tell oh, me how that you. came together the vision for that um you know originally I had a different concept um I w- wanted to um be out in the desert like watching tv just kind of like um with like an advertisement on the tv (laughs) i wanted it to say um uh buy a beautiful life for only three installments of you know however much (laughs) i don't just sort of a statement on commercialism and um but um it just i i ended up through covid I mean, it didn't really make sense to go all the way out to to the desert. And then I I had this idea to project it on a green screen. Uh, And then we're like, well, by the time we do that, let's do a video. Um, But the the photos didn't really come out. I mean, I'm really thrilled with the video for Revolution. But um, and I was like trying to make the concept work. um, But uh, my friend Scott did this. Uh, series of photos with rainbow lights or with lights, um, pixel pixel lights, I guess they're called. Um, it's like a really slow shutter speed. And I had asked if he would be up for doing something of that concept with me for for fun, or I thought maybe they'd be cool press photos or something. And um, and he, you know, uh, agreed. And uh, my dog's here. Your can dog you hear is her so howling? cute. I can see her behind you. Play with me. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, um, so uh, hi, Bern. Hey, honey. Okay, me. <laughs> Good thing <laughs> there's like edit it'll, you know. No. Uh, but um, I, uh, he w- was able, was up for doing the, the shoot. Um, and um uh, and then when I, we did the shoot, I, I felt like I was staring at the cover, you know, and yes, um, like there's actually a song on the album called The River. And uh, it's like this idea of just going with the flow, you know, and I was like, really, really trying to make that other concept work. And it wasn't it just wasn't working. So um, I felt like this good idea was staring me in the face. And it, he just did such a I mean, the. Yeah, I'm for for listeners because this is a pod, podcast. If you're not um, familiar with the cover, um, it looks digitally inserted. These rainbows that envelop me, but it's all this pixel light and slow shutter speed. Um, so yeah, 
<laughs> so, so that actually happened as you were standing in that room. You weren't just placed there. Yeah, and every single photo we did was different. We did a stripe theme too, which wow. which came out really cool. Um, but yeah, there was a flare above the one we used for the cover, so it looks like there's like this hovering orb above my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think when people realize the process of it, it makes it more special. Wow. I, I feel like the story that you just told about that, it, it has so many of the lessons that come up a lot during these conversations. The the idea of collaboration, like you have this artist where you see something that they're doing and you think, I love that. I wonder how our work could intersect. And then the also the idea of following your instinct, like you had this vision and you could have just kept banging your head against the wall, but instead you were open to the idea of changing on the fly and trusting your instinct. And I think that both of those are such great examples of like kind of the main tenets of creation. And I mean, it sounds to me like that's, that's something that you've always kind of followed, like working with other musicians and also, you know, being very much your own visionary. Is, would you think that's right? I mean, I do my best to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I, I try to do. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, sometimes I get a little off that path and then I got to come back to it, you know, because I mean, I think with creativity, it's just none of it can ever be forced. Um, and or it can be, but I don't know if when I attempt that whether the uh, creative results I'm as happy with you know it uh, yeah. uh, if I get so headstrong <laughs> on um, I guess I just need to be able to yeah go with the flow you know and 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 let let the spirit guide me <laughs> sure Piper is very sweet by the way and I don't think anybody will begrudge a very cute little dog right now oh, oh. good I was like I can put her nah put her in she's, or something <laughs> she's great um so this this comes up a lot actually this idea of actually pardon me I'm you I'm going to give her, the other her room? like a bone to chew on or something because I think she'll distract me from the, I'll be right back. Of course. Of course. So I'll describe for our listeners in case they don't want to edit this out later. Um, the, the cabin that Erica is staying in is visible right now on the screen. There's an open guitar case. There's a lot of wood paneling. It's uh, There's some nice light coming in from near the ceiling. It looks like a really lovely place to write songs. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad the audio, or it's more audio, because I, I didn't know if it would be too dark. You know, it's very, it's pretty dark, you know, wood, woodsy cabin. Yeah. No, I love it, man. I, I went up for the most recent Old 97s record. I had a weekend off in between San Francisco and Portland. And um, I, I had a friend that had a cabin in Sisters, which is why I asked. And it was deep winter, but I went to that cabin and I finished like 11 songs. It was very like that part of the world to me is super inspiring. Oh, wow. That's a very productive trip there <laughs> yeah it was good um okay so i wonder uh about because you kind of brought this up the idea of going with the flow versus really trying to force something it comes up a lot in these conversations the idea of trying to do something in a calculated manner like where you're trying to figure out what 
your label or your audience or anybody that isn't you will want and then try and calculate what they'll want and create to that calculation and how usually that is doomed. I wonder, have you had that experience? Is that something that's happened to you where you've tried to make someone else happy or the audience happy, you know, the perceived audience and run into a brick wall? Or have you been lucky enough never to have that? I mean, I mean, I think when I'm writing, I mean, ultimately, I, I want to really love it. So I have to sort of make myself happy first. But then the reality is I put it out there in the world for people to s- decide how they feel about it. I, I And, um, you know, I, I guess I always get a little nervous for a release. I, I want to say I don't care what people think, but, you know, ultimately you want people to like what you're putting out there. Um, but I think, you know, once you put that out there, it's just that's everybody else's. You just kind of let it go in the world. It's, it's a vulnerable feeling, but I just know that if I make things the best they can be, then that's all I can do, you know? And, um, and I kind of feel that music, you know, it's medicine. And I think, you know, I have no idea how many people it will reach or what people think of it, but I do feel that that will be medicine for somebody that will rela- will relate to what I'm, you know, putting out there. So, yeah, I think that gives me a lot more of a sense of purpose these days is realizing um, that just me being me or, you know, putting those messages out there, it will be helpful to somebody else, you know? (laughs) That's funny. That's something that I think about and sort of talk around a lot. Music is medicine. I've never heard it put just like that. And I really love that. Yeah. I never really, I I guess I've just started to, to feel that way. And I think it, yeah, has given me more of a sense of purpose with it more than just like, what I'm doing, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's so much more than ourselves in a way, you know? Boy, um, I had an experience during the pandemic where I was driving over the mountain and I turned on WDST Radio Woodstock, which is a station up by where I live, which is a, you know, a great station that I'm sure you visited. We, you know, we both have visited before. They were playing a song that to me sounded like a lost classic. Like I couldn't believe how great the song was and that I'd never heard it. And then at the end, uh, it was Revolution and it was by you. And I was so freaking blown away. I pulled over immediately, texted you. Um, But to me, (laughs) yeah, that song was like something about it. The time with the election and the pandemic, it was like, I don't know if I... Like, I have a lot of friends that make music. I don't know if I've, I've ever encountered a song that felt so perfect for the time and so just, you know, like, perfectly constructed. And I, I was so happy oh, for you and proud of you. And I just wonder, like, what was the experience of, did that song feel like, did did you get the feeling from your side, like that song was connecting? Like, for me, I, I felt like it must have been. Yeah, I think we we got a great response from that song and um it it was just it felt like a message that I thought that people could use at the time and um yeah, I I just with everything last summer and um protests and the election and everything um yeah, 
<laughs> I felt like uh, <laughs> it could, yeah, help help people in some way. And yeah. I started imagining, uh, trying to imagine you writing it because it's ambitious, right? Like it's a pretty epic song. How long, have, how long is that song? Thank you. Um, I think it's six minutes. Although I'm like so long winded of a songwriter. I I love that. (laughs) Oh, it makes me so happy. So um, I just, uh, when I was imagining you writing it, I was imagining, because I was putting myself in your shoes as people do, right? Uh, I was thinking that you must have hit a moment where you're like, oh, this is too much. This is too big. This is too long. This is too, like, I wondered, did you have to like really give yourself permission to go there and just say like, you know what? I'm going to make an epic. Um, you know, I mean, I guess lyrically, a lot of it sort of, it just flowed. It kind of came out, but I will say it came out in segments. So I would write some lines that just kind of flowed right out. And and then maybe like a month later, a whole nother section. So it, it sort of just naturally flowed over it. Yeah, time. And um I <laughs> um and and then uh oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's great. Everybody listening um, is gonna understand. <laughs> um but um mu- musically, conceptually, I wasn't sure if it would if it um I felt it might be extremely challenging. I was trying to figure out whether it would work because there's a big tempo shift, but not only that, but the whole concept of the song is it slowly speeds up and speeds up and builds tension. Um, And so you can't do a metronome to it. And I was, um, I, (laughs) what we actually did live, I mean, in the studio is we, we started the band into into the, the the rock and roll part, and then I put honestly I put the front on after because sure. you know I I sing so much too and belt out and there was like it it would have been hard to do a bunch of takes of it you know so uh, totally. uh, <laughs> oh my god well I, so we well, had to sort of uh, assemble it. Well, I'm sure we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And um, boy, I really, if if folks listening haven't heard it, I obviously I'm going to recommend that everybody goes and listens to it immediately. It is just such a, it's such a piece of art. I, I was, Thank I'm so, you. so happy for you. Um, okay. So you grew up in Cincinnati. Is that right? I, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, in Dayton. Okay. And wound yeah. up in Cincinnati. Um, when you were growing up, did you always know it was going to be music did you have like a, a moment where an epiphany moment as a kid where you're like okay this is going to be my whole life or how did that come about for you yeah um i i think as as i don't know how old i was but i was like a toddler i think and i was telling people i was going to be a singer <laughs> and uh the funny thing was i've just always been um a bit introverted and and i was a very shy kid and um i think my family was like okay <laughs> you know I, I i didn't exactly go around the house singing i just told everybody i was going to be a singer <laughs> um so um yeah 
I, um, yeah, it's just been, it's always been with me. And, and honestly, I wasn't even really sure if I could sing the way I wanted to sing. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I got in some sort of junior high choir program and we had lessons and that did teach me a bit of how to breathe and, and that kind of thing. And, um, and, and, and then when I was about 18, I, I was like, well, okay, well now I'm an adult. I, I really need to probably try to, if this is what I'm going to do, I got to sort of get, o- get over my nerves with that, you know? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's ironic. Um, I think a little bit, this is the case with me, but how often people that do what you and I do, which is very specific, weird job, like front man, singer, songwriter person, how often they are shy, you know, like not crazy about being around other people, not crazy about being in crowds. Like that's um, it, maybe it like it takes a deficiency in the one area to make um, to create like a an extra in the other area. We can get up on stage and turn into this bigger than life thing, maybe. Yeah, it's like I yeah, I guess it's a it's a mixed thing for me cuz like I I love people so much and being around people and then but then I really have to sort of I I don't know, I guess it just depends on my mood. I mean, there are some days where I have it's like difficulty speaking. <laughs> and then other days where I'm just in a at a gathering. I'm like, "Hey everybody." <laughs> um, I guess, you know, I know and it depends on my my mood, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, I have two teenage kids and they would um, they would love the fact that you announced early on that you were going to be a singer. They would say that you manifested that you manifested it. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thinking a lot about the manifestation these days, you know, because, well, just how I. um you know, like, for instance, um, you don't want to say, like, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like that more of a negative thing, you know, like in, in terms of thinking. Um, I just am more concentrating on what I hope I I do do or. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's because it's like, what what do you spotlight? If you spotlight this, the negative thing, even if you're saying, I hope it doesn't happen, you're that's the thing that you're giving importance to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Well, so I, I wonder a lot. <laughs> I wonder a lot about that. Like, cause that's to me that just that idea of focusing on spotlighting the positive, um, like you talk about being shy, you talk about, um, you know, having to sort of navigate moods where you may not want to be around people. I wonder a lot about, um, creative people and the sort of obstacles that we generate within ourselves, right? Like the, like it's obvious the the world's obstacles, you know, it's really hard to make money. It's really hard to schlep around and do your job. Like all those things are obvious, but the stuff that's hidden, the interior stuff, I wonder um, how much you've had to deal with those and, and what have you figured out? Like what secrets have you come up with to sort of overcome these interior um these self-generated obstacles oh well i mean i think awareness of that is such a huge thing you know i mean um i think um 
years ago, I wouldn't have even been very aware of the fact that I would create obstacles for myself, you know, and, 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 and it really is sort of mind over matter with so many things. And, um, just, uh, I mean, I can really complicate some stuff, (laughs) you know, like, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I think uh, the self-awareness thing has been some of the, the, the biggest tools, like checking in with myself as far as that goes. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite lines. I've done 85 of these and that's a standout. Um, I can really complicate some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm like working a bit on the path of, least resistance you know with things like but um i don't know some things are worth challenging yourself for too you know and maybe sort of figuring out the the difference of what is and isn't you know do you wind up doing like are there any practices that you engage in that are specifically geared to help calm things down? Like, do you end up doing yoga? Do you end up meditating? Do you, obviously you're on a, the top of a mountain in a cabin right now. That sounds pretty relaxing. <laughs> um, I have uh, been, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, as self-disciplined with it as I'd like to be, but I have been trying to meditate here and there. Um, I haven't quite gotten into the routine of daily, but you know, I think um, one of the things that I really try to do is um, walk in nature and I try to do it every day. But um, and when I do, sometimes I just have to remind myself to breathe deep. It's amazing how often I just don't take really deep breaths. <laughs> and then, then I realize if I have a lot of things going on, if I'm not like consciously reminding myself to do that, I think it can kind of amplify whatever it is. And if I can just kind of remember, I mean, I did it yesterday. I was like, breathe deep. (laughs) Yeah. Even just a few big, deep breaths, it makes such a difference, you know? So It's sweet. I mean, that's such a fundamental piece of advice. It's so perfect. Um, For my birthday, I got a watch a smart watch right smart in quotes and um and it's creepy right because it's just one more freaking piece of technology attached to my body (laughs) it it does this thing where every once in a while it'll buzz and i'll look at it and it'll say breathe and i'm like oh my god you're right i was not breathing and (laughs) that's great yeah it's weird to have a robot tell me to breathe (laughs) Kind of ironic. I mean, you know, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, if you ha- have it there, it's like, you know, there's lots of positive uses to the technology. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So before I get to the, I'm going to, in a second, I'm going to ask you to sort of distill like some of this great wisdom that you've shared with us. Um, but before we do that, uh, we'll take a short break to go check in with our sponsors. And we're back. Um, but that's so weird. That's only the second time I've done it. And I'm not crazy about it, but I guess it's, <laughs> I guess it's part of the, uh, the job. Um, so I wonder if you were to meet a 21 year old version of Erica in today's world, 
um, what advice might you give yourself? Oh, um, I mean, really just like, um, be patient with myself. It's like, um, you know, the 20 year old self makes so much bigger of a deal out of things that aren't that big of a deal or like don't matter that much, you know, and I think, um, just, um, uh, those kinds of things <laughs> for sure. Well, that's sweet. Well, I, I've, I've loved to watch the arc of your career because it really feels like you've never stopped working. And I feel like you're always sort of following, um, your muse. Like, it seems like you're very, uh, in touch with the, um, like creating what means something to you. That's the impression that I get from the outside as a, as a fan and as someone that knows you a little bit from afar. Um, I'm just so excited to see what you do next. And I love that right now, as you're like embarking on releasing an album, you're already focusing on writing more songs. What What's next? What now? Um, yeah, I mean, I find, I don't know about you, but I always find it challenging to write songs when I'm touring. So, um, you know, this seems like a good time to to put some energy into creating. I mean, I'll write little, I'll get melody ideas, but it's very hard to sort of lyrically focus or even just to have the time, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, gosh, I have so many different ideas and sounds. And I think, um, I think sometimes I have to just figure out, well, out of these, like, uh, so many ideas what do i actually put the energy into so um just sort of figuring that out you know honestly i think i'm trying to i have all these melodies and i'm just trying to figure out what i want to say next you know and uh i haven't quite sorted that yet you know but i know it'll come um it's all choices right like it's uh probably creating anything but certainly what we do making songs it's like next chord next lyric next song maybe it's more of a global idea. Like, what do I want to say? Um, yeah, I love that. That's, it's an important thing to point out to people that it's just one little choice stacked on and then the next little choice and the next little choice. And the next thing you know, you have a song and an album and a career. Yeah. I mean, usually when I'm um, working on songs, um, I'm just kind of end up following wherever I don't know, like I have some invisible dot. I'm like, like some like laser pointer, <laughs> like, <laughs> little, like pup, pup or something. But I just, I, I don't know. I just kind of do one song to the next and I'm not quite sure what compels me to go from each one. And sometimes, I don't know if you feel this, but are you ever like, is this all going to like, make sense together like when you're writing songs and some of them feel so different from one another like sometimes i i I just kind of move from song to song and hope it all makes sense together as like a whole body of work um and and it always ends up somehow it all always does but yeah (laughs) well i love the idea that we uh are in a world i don't know if it was always like this but i feel like it's like this now where we're allowed to like grow and and even even age you know like we i feel like there was a time when i was starting when if you were 30 years old you're done like that's it you got to stop doing music because now the kids have come along and kicked you out i feel like 
I feel like as a, as a fan of yours, you're only getting better. Like, I feel like that's, it's good that our fans and our audience is allowing us to keep doing this because I think we're just getting better. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. (laughs) No, I think so. I, I'd like to think that my, my songs are growing and, um, in my writing and, um, yeah. Oh, wait, what am I saying? Where am I going with this? Um, yeah, I just want to keep making music for as long as I can, you know? It's like you see Mavis Staples still making records and Lucinda and, uh, I mean, I mean, Bob Dylan, gosh, you know, it's, yeah. Really? Um, Willie Nelson. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I certainly hope to uh, just keep making music and growing, making better music. And um, yeah. Um, (laughs) It seems like that's the path you're on. And I'm so grateful that I got to talk to you today. Thank you so much. And great luck with the new record and good luck with the songwriting and give Piper a smooch for me. My my dog Ziggy's right there behind us too. I don't know if you can see little Ziggy. Hi, Ziggy. <laughs> he hangs out in here and sleeps. Oh, I guess you can't hear me. You have the headphones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Erica. Thank you for having me, Red. It was really nice to talk to you, with you. Yeah, I can't. I can't. When's your record coming out? I well, can't wait and- to hear it. Yeah, thanks. The 97's record, our new record that feels like it came out yesterday, it came out in August of last year. It's insane. We've done three shows to behind it, you know. And then my solo record, we're just mixing it right now. So who knows? Because as you probably know, the vinyl takes so long now. Instead of four months, it's like six to eight month turnaround on vinyl. So I hope I don't have to wait that long to put the record out. Is that what the 11 songs from Sisters is? Is that- it? That was the 97s album. So that came out. We made that and right at the beginning of the pandemic. We finished it. And then it came out in August of last year. Oh, so you wrote the song. I thought you said that a break between recording, you had uh, wrote those songs and sisters. So I I guess I misunderstood the timeline. (laughs) I know. I wish I want to go back. I love that part of the world so much, but. Look at you. That's a great setup. Well, have fun. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, please. So did you uh, already have all that recording scheduled and then you went to Sisters and wrote the songs like for the that session? Well, I had uh, about 30 songs that I felt like they were, I could probably find 12 good ones in there. And so then I went through and picked my favorite ones and finished them. Uh, I only wrote a couple. I only started a couple during that time in Sisters. Mostly it was finishing, polishing, culling, making demos, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I think just with the whole recording, you know, with the it all being set in motion, I, sure. I feel like, oh, that's, well, that's you don't a write, lot of... You don't write like 30 songs at a time when you sit down in a weekend? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I got, Yeah, I had misunderstood the timeline, so I had to ask you, yeah. Um, well, one good song. That's all we're after, right? One good song. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, uh, it is pretty amazing. Like one song can like guide, uh, artists through an entire career, you know, somebody will be playing like 
or, you know, some amphitheater, you know, 40, 50 years later. <laughs> well, that's like, fun to me is like, you'll be playing revolution for the rest of your life. I bet six minutes of I, it every night. I plan to, I, <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you're awesome. Thanks so much, Erica. Thank you. It's always nice to see you, Red. I, I, uh, yeah, I hope you have a great, a beautiful day. Yeah. A, a beautiful life. Woo! <laughs> That's okay. you. Yeah. <laughs>